Episode 52, Sunday, October 28th, 2012. It's that time again. XJ Talk Show is on the air. Uh, okay, so it's a podcast, but you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, doing a bit of a uh, Ustream test this week. Uh, got a little piece of equipment in that's supposed to remove some hum that I get when I hook up uh, various pieces of equipment. Get a little ground loop between equip- pieces of equipment. So, uh, testing out the Ustream link, if you're uh, lucky or unlucky enough to be uh, watching the show uh, over the Ustream link, uh, welcome. I think we have uh, one person uh, looking in, maybe two, and uh, looking at the chat room. Won't, I won't make a big deal about uh, referring to the live show, just kind of let you know what's going on today and uh, what you missed. <laughs> So this week's interview is going to be with Rough Country, Ben, not to, uh, not to be confused with uh, Bushwhacker Ben. This is a different Ben. <laughs> I just, just happened to get two people at two different companies with the same first name, but they do have uh, different last names. Anyway, I think you'll enjoy that interview. Also, uh, a bit of an announcement uh, that's coming up. And uh, also, too, going to tell you a little bit about XJ Talk Show's first Halloween special. That's right. We're going to be having a uh, honest to goodness uh, paranormal type interview for Halloween released uh, late the 30th uh, or the early uh, early in the morning on the 31st. So it will be available Halloween day for sure. So uh, we're going to get going here with that in uh, just a minute. Now, I have to give you an update <clears throat> on the uh, the 4.0 uh, rebuild. So I've been driving it for, what, two, three weeks now? And uh, it, everything seems to be okay. Uh, the temperature got up to around uh, 90 degrees. Was it Friday? Thursday, Friday? And uh, I hit the 228-degree mark. So I've definitely got an issue with it running running warm whenever the air temps are high. Uh, it generally has no problem. Uh, with the, all the fans uh, on, I, I've, I've just learned that I have to turn on the electric fan along with the mechanical fan, and it usually stays pretty low. In fact, um, gosh, I can't remember when the cold front came through now, but in fact, it might have been Friday. Um, in fact, with the, the temperatures in the 50s, uh, it never really gets very hot. The uh, cooling temperature never, coolant temperature never gets up to 210. So I'm a little confused. It's, it's, um, I'm not quite sure what's going on with the cooling system. Certainly the, the two-row all-aluminum uh, radiator. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm actually starting to think that maybe my problem is uh, airflow having to do with no air dam on the custom front bumper. And I, I may be looking into that after I put in the dirt-bound off-road uh, three electric fan setup, which I have all together and ready to, to go in. I uh, just need to do some uh, measurements to make sure that the fan, uh, the amount of current that each fan is going to draw 
is going to fit well with inside the limits of those two 40 amp relays. Uh, I'm sure Dirtbound uh, went through all this stuff, but uh, before I go and put, since since there's no information as far as what the uh, the fans uh, actually draw current wise, uh, I'm going to measure it myself before I go to um, you know putting it in there in my daily driver. Uh, although I'm sure Dirtbound they they probably went through the math and and did size the relays properly. Just for my own uh, edification, I want to make sure that uh, I have the right thing in there before I um, start depending on it and get 20, 30 miles away from the house. I'm sure you understand, and I'm, I'm sure Dirtbound does as well, which, by the way, is a XJ Talk vendor. So um, trying to make a, a fair assessment of the equipment so you guys will know uh, when you go to uh, uh, purchase the, uh, the fan setup, which... By all indications, uh, everything that I've seen, it's it's very nice, and uh, I suspect it will be very nice. The only concern I have right now is how much current each one of those fans pull. If I uh, <clears throat> if my little back of the uh, the napkin uh, uh, calculations are right, it only looks like it pulls about uh, 10 amps uh, per fan. So two 40 uh, 40 amp uh, relays will be more than enough. So uh, anyway, that's that, and uh, I did mention a little bit in the opening about our Halloween show, uh, first time uh, doing that uh, this year. Uh, figure since we're all going to be dead on December 21st, 2012, uh, might as well go out with something special, right? <laughs> so a, a good friend of mine uh, has uh, written several books about uh, life after death, and uh, she was kind enough to uh, interview with me uh, on that subject, and I think you'll find it. Uh, I think you'll find the interesting uh, in the interview very interesting. Halloween is almost here, boys and girls. An XJ talk show has something special in store for you. Join us Wednesday for a special spooky treat. <laughs> Hey, this is Ben and Bushwhacker reminding you to get all your best cheap news from the XJ Talk Show. And don't forget to follow Bushwhacker on Facebook and Twitter. The XJ Talk Show is brought to you in part by Jeep and Outfitters. From trail rigs to tow rigs to daily drivers, we'll get you outfitted. See all the Jeep and Outfitters has to offer at jeepinoutfitters.com. That's jeepinoutfitters.com or call 972-221-5286. It's that time again. XJ Talk Show is on the air. Uh, okay, so it's a podcast, but you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony. Hey guys, it's Tony, and this is XJ Talk Show. For the premier website about Jeep Cherokees. That's right, xjtalk.com. Well, tonight we have a special treat, and that's uh, the announcing of a great new co-host. Twice as good as the old co-host. <laughs> That's Josh. You know him as Northwest 99XJ. Josh, hello. Can you hear me now? I can hear you just fine, Tony. Hey, man. Thanks for joining the team. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I know that you're interested in uh, residuals and uh, stock benefits and everything. But all I can promise you is, oh, maybe wasting 30 minutes of your time at least for the for these show openings. Can, can I interest you in that? 
oh boy, you know, I can't take that to the bank, but uh, but you know what? I'll take what I can get. Excellent. <laughs> hey, man, I thought I would share uh, this dream I had with you about dinosaurs. No, no, better yet, uh, I'll tell you what I think is happening. I think that XJTalk.com or the XJ Talk Show is uh, propelling me to celebrity status. Um, people are honking at me, and I can't figure out why. And And before you say it, uh, my wife has already told me that she, it's probably because of my aggressive driving, but they're actually going the opposite direction. And, you know, and it's not Jeeps. It's all kinds of vehicles, not even uh, four-wheel drives, just cars and all kinds of stuff. Uh, tell me, am I crazy? Well, you know, that was going to be my first guess is that, you know, you were, there, you, you were taking a nap at the wheel or, you know, crossing those yellow lines. But, uh, you know, it's, it can't be people honking because, uh, you know, red is their favorite color. Oh, no, no, no. You're so wrong. Red is everybody's favorite color. Oh, I see. <laughs> hey, man, you can't. Red lipstick, red hair on women. Come on, it's it's written. It's the red, the red roses, the the. It's everything. It's love. It's it's sex. It's uh, you know. Come on, it's it's everything. Well, like the uh, like I've heard on the podcast before, red jeeps are sexy. I you know I can't uh, I can't disagree with that. Ooh, red jeeps are sexy. I've I've heard that as well. And uh, <laughs> green jeeps, well, mm, yeah, I guess green jeeps are okay. Well, the woman has spoken, and it doesn't really matter what's wrong or right. It just depends on what the woman thinks. And you've got people honking at you out of the blue on the road at random times. What do you think it is? Are you thinking you've reached celebrity status? I'm thinking it's it must be. I mean, the only other explanation uh, could be that uh, uh, people are honking at one another, and that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> no, that, that couldn't possibly be it. Uh, you know, caught in the crossfire of a honking war. Well, Josh, you're in the in the Pacific Northwest, so I think this is this is uh, culturally a very different thing for you than what it is in Texas. In Texas, and you may have heard this in a in a prior interview. We actually use weapons, handguns specifically, to signal our lane changes. So random shots you hear, but not horns. We have manners, so we don't really honk our horns. Um, so it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, with uh, something as rare as a horn honk, you know, it can only be it can really only be a couple of things. So I'm I'm going to lay odds that uh, you know it's going to be your celebrity status, uh, Tony. You have officially arrived. Uh, I think so. And in, and I mentioned this, you know, you make light of this, but I mentioned this because you need to consider this as joining part of the, uh, the, the co-hosting team, uh, uh, if you will. This is probably going to spill over to you. I'm sure it won't be in the same uh, amount and uh, level as it is for me, of course, but it probably will come to you. Much like uh, with uh, Romney and uh, what's the other guy, Ryan? You would be the Ryan to the, you know, like the Robin to Batman type thing? Well, hey, as long as they're honking and not shooting, then uh, I think I'll be doing okay. Well, this means that somebody's taking a turn, Josh. That's all that matters. That Don't, don't worry about that. Many drive-bys have been uh, confused by out-of-towners. Uh, not driving by, just making a left-hand turn. So what are you going to do with this uh, newfound notoriety and, and celebrity, Tony? I'm going to keep looking straight ahead and acting like I, I'm not affected by it. Um, you know, maybe I should start practicing my royal wave. You know, the inside hand cup type thing, and where you just kind of elbow, uh, wrist, wrist. Is elbow, it, elbow wrist, wrist. Exactly. Is that a is that a counterclockwise or a clockwise motion? I'm going to have to go back and, and and research that. 
But anyway, guys, this is what you're, you're not hearing the opening of a real show. What you're hearing is me and Josh screwing around like we hope to be screwing around on the uh, future shows because uh, the announcement is true. Josh will be joining the uh, the, the hosting team, the, uh, the co-host of uh, Josh and I, beginning in November. So uh, we wanted to kind of uh, get on here and discuss it, tell you what we got in mind. And uh, uh, I don't know, Josh, would it be safe to say that what we have in mind is uh, – uh, not really any research or anything other than you and I just BSing back and forth for 15, 20 minutes? Uh, you know, I think that's a, a good place to start. Um, we've got the banner. We've got the passion. Uh, we uh, we have the microphones. So I think it's pretty much up to us, whatever we want to do. And we've got the lovely bass. <laughs> yeah. Just had to grab a little uh, tea. I have this huge, you know, people come and visit. <clears throat> not often. Uh, they'd rather honk at me. But uh, when people do come, they may see my uh, beer mug, and as uh, as I'm sure most of you guys know, I'm not a drinker of alcoholic beverages. I do not partake, but uh, I do like uh, tea, and I will make me a large uh, glass of tea because it will stay there a long time, and I have something to drink. But this mug, this beer mug, is uh, I guess it could be a, a root beer mug. It would be, actually be perfect for a root beer float if you were trying to kill yourself. It's about uh, 10 inches high and uh, about, uh, what is that, 4 or 5 inches uh, in diameter. And well, I that's ha- Stein. Okay, there you go. Uh, ben Stein. Uh, so anyway, the I've got it full of tea, so whenever uh, I lift that, I'm kind of getting a workout too. It's nice, heavy glass. They're like 2 bucks at Walmart. So yeah, they, call those, uh, they call those pounders. Gotcha. See, I wouldn't know about this stuff. Well, a big, uh, a big, tall glass full of amber fluid. Um, you, you, you can call it tea, but uh, I think we'll call it beer. Okay, it is amber fluid, and it is not room temperature because I am not British. I do not drink my tea tepid. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coffee connoisseur myself, Tony. So uh, uh, you hear me uh, taking a pause over here. Chances are, I might be grabbing a sip of coffee. I can't. Uh, well, I can do coffee if it's in the morning. Uh, in the evening, I can do it as long as it's not too hot in this room. And this is the server room, so sometimes it gets hot uh, in here. Um, tea, is usually, tea, tea usually works out better, and but the ice melts very quickly. But anyway. Yeah, you're broadcasting from the um, the XJTalk.com uh, broadcast center, the, uh, the, the bowels, mission control. The bowels, the engine room of the XJTalk.com, XJ Talk Show, etc., Etc. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <clears throat> I don't, th- I think we'll probably come up with something more than just BS. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be lots of BS there. I mean, with, uh, your background and my background, it's, it's pretty much a, a guarantee, but, um, I don't know. Uh, I think you'll, uh, I know you'll be doing a uh, live interviews and I've got the equipment to do, uh, interviews, but I never venture outside the house. Maybe I can track one track down one of these people that are honking at me. And that's a serious thing. We're not, I'm not just kidding here, guys. People are honking. And you know, the other day I heard several honks and I thought, uh, you know, are they honking at me. Uh, and then today it didn't happen several times, but it happened one time. And I'm thinking, what are, you know, what are they doing? Or is it a, is it because of the Jeep? Is it because of the, the logo that's on the side, the xjtalk.com logo that's on the side? Um, it just seems strange that the honking is happening where I can hear it. So now I do get Jeep waves. I get Jeep waves from JKs, from TJs. Um, 
I, I don't, uh, I have to remember to, 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 to start looking, uh, quite, have you ever been in that situation, Josh, where you're driving by some, another Jeep and you don't remember the Jeep wave and you see the hand, but the, they're like almost right across from you and you have to, you know, try to get that hand up really quick. So you're not a, you're not a Jeep snob. Uh, that well, happens to me all the time. Well, my Jeep radar is, is on all the time. Um, even more so, you know, now that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, several years into my Jeep build, um, you know, I have the pride and, and of course have made, you know, many, many contacts, um, in the Jeep and off-road, uh, industry and in the, in the world and lifestyle and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, I recognize a pair of square headlights a mile away. I can see a Cherokee, um, on the horizon and, and recognize any Jeep, um, as it comes. And so I've got that, you know, okay, I've got my, um, I'm, I'm cocked and ready, loaded, ready to go, ready to fire. I've got my, you know, hand just hovering over the steering wheel just slightly. So I've got that, I've got that Jeep wave triggered, loaded and ready to trigger. And so, you know, I come up and, and I'm making contact as the person passes me and it's like, okay, you're not going to wave. Okay. Okay. Fine. Be that way. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm Johnny on the spot when it comes to the Jeep wave. So you're more, what you're saying is you're more of a receiver than a giver. Oh no. I, I, well, I'll always throw up a couple of fingers or, or a little wave <laughs> if it's a built Cherokee okay, uh, okay. Or, or a fairly well-built Jeep uh, in, in general. Now, if I see a stock Cherokee rolling, that's when I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant to, uh, to, to give them the wave because... Well, well, you don't want to scare them. I understand. Oh, yeah. There's that. Because, you know, they're not going to understand that. I mean, unless it's the country, nobody waves. Yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big city of Portland here, Portland, Oregon, uh, more or less. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the stock jeeps are, um, are driven by the elderly. <laughs> Sad to say. Yeah, you know, I saw a a movie. I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, I did look to see when it when it came out because I was amazed at the opening of this movie. It was a a pre ninety seven body style Jeep Cherokee surprise uh-huh. surprisingly it was red and deborah harry uh was driving it she was uh, i guess starring in this movie and lord knows why anybody would take a singer and put her as a star in a movie probably to make to sell tickets but anyway the opening sequence was her driving this very very nice uh pre-97 body style uh red jeep to i don't know from wherever she was to her house and all there was these gorgeous shots of the Jeep. <laughs> it was really cool to see. I'm going to have to find out what the name of that is and maybe just get that, that, that one clip where it shows her driving to her house. And you know, and, and when I went and looked at the, the, the time frame that the movie came out in 1990, uh, it made sense because here's this, uh, station wagon. It was a four wheel drive cause it had the, the logo on it. And, uh, those things, I mean, it was a very nice house, automatic garage door opener, and this this fancy Jeep that she was driving, but a more tamed, more civilized Jeep than uh, than the Wrangler. It so, was a product placement, almost a an in movie commercial. Yes, yes, and and boy, I mean, I think it would probably would have been noticed by anybody. Well, also too, uh, I remember in um, oh the Tom Hanks uh, Castaway movie. Do, do you remember that Jeep? That was a beautiful uh, 97 plus body style Jeep. That was a, a a nice blue Jeep Cherokee with a sunroof. Now, see, I thought you were going to go a different direction with all this. There was a, uh, and I'm going to completely butcher this, but there was a um, a movie that came out recently. And by recently, I mean the last few years. 
where there was, um, and it was this was in most of the trailers, a gal driving or racing home or racing to the airport or something like that in a early model Jeep Cherokee, and it was I think it was burgundy um, or that plum color, whatever, and um, and you know all of a sudden out of the blue it just gets nailed, t-boned by a garbage truck or something like that. And you see this Cherokee just go flying across the road, you know, end over end, uh, roll over, roll over, roll over. And I mean, it just gets decimated. And I, and I'm, you know, thought to myself the very first time I saw this was, you know, oh no, you know, that poor Cherokee, uh, never mind the driver. (laughs) Exactly. That's not, oh my God, that's not going to buff out. Yeah, no. (laughs) But then how many Cherokee, how many takes did that, did they have to go through? How many Cherokees did they destroy, you know, getting that take just right? Uh, that That was definitely not CGI. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I hate seeing a rolled Cherokee. I hate seeing a, a total Cherokee. Um, it's just, you know, they just don't make them anymore. I don't know if you were aware of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. Anytime I go to the to the wrecking yard, um, which, which isn't isn't very often, but, you know, I do I do visit the junkyards looking for a switch or a part or this or that or, you know, uh, just checking things out. I um. You know, I see those I see those Cherokees that have obviously been in in one heck of an accident, and uh, you know, my my heart drops a little bit when I see that. It does me as well. It it, it makes me feel bad, and uh, in all seriousness, I do not like seeing it. I I especially <clears throat> you guys keep posting them, but I especially hate seeing uh, rolled Jeeps on uh, on the site. Uh, in fact, I like interviewing people that have rolled a Jeep because uh, I think that's something that a lot of people haven't done before. And, uh, to me, it would be a very emotional time. I actually have, um, uh, not necessarily personal experience in a, in a Cherokee rollover. Um, but, uh, a guy who, uh, who I've wheeled with, um, in the past, he, he flopped his Cherokee and I mean, it wasn't a, a, a massive, you know, down the cliff sort of thing. It was, um, it was during some, uh, some winter wheeling, um, there was a fair amount of snow that had melted off, but there was still a lot of snow on the banks. And, um, and he had a brake failure and we were coming down the mountain and, um, and I didn't know this until, until well after the fact, I didn't actually see it happen. I was, I was up towards the, the front of the group and, um, and coming down the mountain uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest, our, our mountains are high and our trails are long. And, um, you know, most of the access to and from trails is via logging roads. And as you're coming down the mountain and it's basically just a gravel road, that's all about, you know, a vehicle and a half wide, um, and he he lost his brakes, uh, and so the only way that he was able to slow down and, and stop was to start riding the bank. And um, he got he got caught up in one of these snowdrifts on the side um, that just launched him over and flopped him right on his roof. I mean, he walked away from it, and there was enough people up in the group. We were able to muscle his jeep back on all fours, and he was able to roll it back down to the staging area where um, somebody was kind enough to to you know lend him you know the use of their trailer to get it back into town. But, um, but he's a guy I might have to, I might have to talk with him and do a little interview with him because you know, I personally don't know what it's like to, to go through that kind of experience, but he had put a, a lot of work into his build. I mean, it was a fairly well-built rig. Um, but you know, even the well, even the best built Cherokee, um, you know, without an exo cage, you flop it on its roof. I mean, this thing was, was a sight to behold. I'm, I'm surprised that he did walk away from it because the thing was flat. Yeah, that's another reason why I'm thinking about, uh, if nothing else, just a, a single hoop inside the, uh, right over the passenger uh, driver's front, you know, right there between the, the front and the back seats. Because 
just a little bit of headroom will um, make a big difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, you know, I see these guys. Um, I mean, there, and there's a there's a ton of um, aftermarket, you know, Bolton exo cage internal cages. Yeah, but you know, they're they're like a, they're like a thousand bucks. I've looked they, at those. They are think, expensive. They they they're beautiful, uh, but yeah, they are pricey. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool, especially. <laughs> I could just imagine a uh, daily driver cruising along. People are looking. They're already you know already noticing the uh, the the nice uh, lifted Jeep. And uh, cruising alongside, and they go, "Is that a roll cage I see in there?" Good <laughs> God! <laughs> and I think for the the majority of people, uh, they probably look at it like um, uh, NASCAR or something, you know, because you got this yeah. <laughs> this multi this multi point roll cage inside there, and it's not a go go fast thing, guys. It's a don't break my neck thing kind of guy thing, guys. Well, I've got a I've got a buddy who's who's really big into motorsports and uh, more so in the in the car racing and the in the autocross and the rally type of stuff. But um, he, he's been a gearhead and a, and a race nut all his life. And just for giggles, giggles and grins, he'll um, he'll don his uh, his racer helmet and drive around the city streets, um, you know, with gloves on, a fire suit, and his racer helmet with the smoked out windshield, you know, windscreen. Um, you know, on the, on the front of that and, you know, he'll, he'll get somebody at a light and they're like staring at him and he'll just <laughs> slowly turn his head and look at them and then slowly turn back and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. He's recorded himself a couple of times doing that and it's, it's an absolute riot. You know, what would really be cool if you could do that, uh, on a foggy night, uh, around three o'clock in the morning and you would need a, a skull inside the inside the helmet inside the helmet yeah. <laughs> and some black lighting inside the cab <laughs> jeez you could make somebody uh become a regular depends purchaser <laughs> scare the living you know what out of somebody exactly <laughs> first you uh first you say it then you do it yep that's a good old line from bill cosby oh yeah <laughs> Well, anyway, guys, this is kind of like what you're going to hear from uh, from Josh and I here in the future. And uh, if you uh, if you don't like it, that's okay. We'll we'll do it. Josh will be out of here in a second, so don't worry about it. Just <laughs> get a chance. <laughs> like we do have some uh, some good um, some good stuff for you coming up uh, in the very near future. Um, I'm of course very active in the off road community, um, so I'm always out and about doing things. Um, some of you may know I I do some DJ stuff on the side. So I, I DJ and MC off-road and Jeep shows uh, fairly frequently and, um, and recently have been uh, taking around the digital recorder uh, with me at these shows and, uh, and sort of being the, the man on the scenes, if you will, and, and getting some stuff. So that along with uh, the interviews, as you guys have heard before, uh, we're going to continue that along and, uh, and have some good stuff coming up for you as well. So um, stick around. Yeah. You guys haven't heard any of the interviews that, uh, that Josh has done and, the interviews, of course, are good. If you listen to the most recent uh, um, episode of uh, the XJ Talk Show, you've heard uh, Josh do his thing with uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ when they were talking about relays. And I personally was, uh, I thought it was a very good uh, interview that uh, he did. And of course, uh, the information was, uh, was excellent, uh, as we've always uh, come to expect from Steve. But <clears throat> the, uh, the interviews that Josh actually did out in the field that uh, you guys have yet to hear um, the, uh, as I said, the interviews are, are good, but what's really cool is hearing the background noise. 
uh, I actually had to ask Josh what recorder he was using because the ambiance of the uh, the engine noises and the people uh, in the background. Uh, there, uh, I think there's some uh, some sounds of nature uh, going on in the background, birds and stuff. But you also hear conversations. Not enough to be able to tell what they're saying, <clears throat> but to to get an idea that you're in a in in an area where there's multiple people milling around. It, it was really cool. And maybe I'm just an audio nut and li- I like hearing stuff like that. But I thought it it, it just overall the the quality of it was very nice. So that's going to be coming up. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, you guys can get involved in this as well. Uh, it's very easy if you have a smartphone to download an application that you can record high quality wave uh, audio files on. So you can actually use your smartphone, whether it be an Android or an iPhone to uh, make these recordings, you don't have to get a digital recorder like what I have or what uh, Josh has, but um, you never can tell. You might get uh, <laughs> you might get you might get suckered in because uh, I don't know, Josh. It's kind of fun to be able to have a, a really good reason to talk to people and say, "Hey, I'm with the XJ Talk Show, and I'm wondering if I can interview you." And it's kind of interesting seeing their reaction. They may never have heard of the show. Uh, but the interview podcast, uh, those things kind of, uh, get people to, to bite the, uh, the bait sometime. Yeah, indeed. Um, everybody that I've talked to has always been, you know, more than willing. I mean, it, it may just be the, the, you know, kind of thread that people are cut from up here in the Pacific Northwest. Everybody's fairly friendly. Uh, for those of you out in New York, be careful, please. <laughs> but, uh, but no, everybody's, um, you know, willing and able um, to, you know, sit down for a few, even if, again, it's, it's just a few minutes. I know most of the the interviews that you've heard uh, on the podcast are, you know, half hour or, or even longer in some cases. Uh, you know, you don't have to go, you know, oh, geez, I got to fill up 30 minutes of time. What do I ask the person next? You know, no, it, it, it just a few questions, uh, just get them to talk a little bit, loosen up and, and, um, and talk about, you know, their Jeep or why they're out there or what brought them to where they're at or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and you definitely got to get that Apple phone, uh, that application on the smartphone folks. I, I tried doing what Tony was talking about with just my standard, whatever came with the phone voice recorder and it sucks. Oh boy, did it suck bad. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a free app, or even if you got to pay 99 cents for it, Hey, you know, you get a, you know, quick little five minutes of frame, fame and, uh, get your voice heard and, uh, get your interview played on the podcast. It's definitely worth it. Hey, if you guys spend 99 cents or even three bucks for the, uh, for the software, which the one I got was free, but if you spend three bucks for the software and we use your interview, I'll PayPal you three bucks. It's not a problem. <laughs> that's not, that's not per, uh, the per, per interview. That is reimbursing you for the software now uh the the software that i tried and i'm sure there's a bunch of them out there but i was just amazed at the at the quality of the audio that it recorded is uh tape a talk um i guess these guys can program better than they can think of names for things but it's tape like like a tape machine and then uh, the letter a and talk so tape a talk so uh it was free uh they may have a paid version i don't know i haven't paid for it uh, but I tried it. Uh, you set it for the highest quality you can, and you set it for wave and wave is a big file. So, uh, if you don't have a, an eight or 16 or a 32 gigabyte, uh, memory card on your smartphone, you might want to get one. Of course, unless you have an iPhone and you're pretty much stuck with what you got, how do they get away with that? Josh, 
They got these. I, they got these I people buying it's, these iPhones. It's marketing and stuff. They get you locked in and sucked in, and and of course, you know, you by the time you fill up your uh, your iPhone, you you're ready for a new one, and and so that's when they they come out with something else for you. Oh my God! I just, I mean, I I wouldn't buy one other than I'm just a, an a anti Apple fanatic. Uh, I would not buy one because I would I can't change the battery if it needs to be changed. And I can't change the memory. I think that's a still a correct statement. I think they still have it all sealed in there because you're too stupid to be able to handle those things yourself. Only Apple can do. Uh, don't get me started. Well, actually, technically, I got myself started, so I'll stop it. <laughs> well, I was just about to say you're in good company. I'm sure I'm going to piss a whole bunch of people off by saying, uh, yeah, I'm not much of an Apple fan either. This is this house. My house is an Apple free zone. You know, I was just just remembering Steve 4.3 LXJ is a big Apple fan. I don't know if he's got an Apple phone, but I know he's got a Mac. <laughs> I can well, see. That's, that's I, let me we've alienated let, him. Let me crawfish a bit. I can see having a Mac. I mean, it's just a PC, but a phone. Come on. Somebody posted up on uh, Google Plus the other day where they showed the exact same hardware because you know uh, Apple's using the Intel processors now. Mm -hmm. exact same hardware same size screens everything and it the apple stuff and you know it's something that somebody put out on a social site so who knows if it's right or not i know the apple stuff is more expensive but in this little ad that they had put up the apple hardware was three times more expensive than the uh windows or linux soft uh hardware i mean same same hardware just different operating system and I just couldn't see that. And I can't believe that Apple's doing so well because to me, Apple markets to hippies and hippies don't have jobs. They're hugging trees. Yeah. It's the, it's the trust fund hippies now. Uh, it's a different ah, era. That makes sense. It's a marketing <laughs> thing. Oh God, an excellent marketing ploy. Now they're, they're making it work. Maybe I should go green. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I, I can't go green. Yeah, I guess green jeeps are okay. Exactly. Well, Josh, uh, I guess that's uh, that's it for the announcement. Uh, anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, not really. Well, yeah, there is one thing, folks. Um, you know, we've got uh, some big stuff on the horizon um, that's not necessarily jeep related, but it would be cool if we got somebody out there um, to just sort of, uh, you know, keep an eye on things and, and see how things went. Like we got a SEMA show coming up, S-E-M-A, um, which is a huge product show, um, for all kinds of things. Uh, and I know firsthand, I mean, Rubicon Express is going to be there. Warrior products is going to be there. A, a ton of, uh, vendors from the off-road industry are going to be there. So if anybody is down and I think it's in, I want to say it's in Southern California. I could be wrong. Um, I thought it was in Vegas. Is it in Vegas? Okay, yeah, it could be. Oh, right, there you go. So if we've got any Vegas listeners, um, and if you can, make it out to SEMA, go check it out for us, and and give us a report, because we we can't be there in person, obviously, but we'd love to have an on-the-scenes report of what SEMA is all about. I hear it's a blast. I hear it's really, really cool, and everybody brings out their biggest, baddest, most coolest display stuff there ever was. So uh, you're guaranteed to at least um, get some good picks at, while you're at it. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually talking to Matt um, M. Smorenberg, uh, the other admin on xjtalk.com, because he's gone before. And I said, uh, uh, "Hey, you want to go to SEMA?" And he said, uh, "I don't know." I actually asked him if he was going to go if he was going to SEMA this year, and he says, uh, uh, "Probably not." And then I, I while I was because uh, I was doing this via chat, and uh, I looked it up, and I didn't realize that it was like 
now because I was asking, asking him about this like last week. So, um, uh, I said, uh, uh, he goes, uh, we talked about it and I figured out where it, when it was and yeah, it's in Las Vegas. Yeah. I see Las Vegas. Anyway, uh, found out when it was, and I went, oh man, that, that's too, that's too soon. I, you probably wouldn't be able to get a place to stay, uh, to sleep much less anything else. So, uh, he said, let's go next year. So I may be, uh, on the spot, uh, on the scene, so to speak. And, uh, uh, I'll take the, uh, take the Nikon and get some really good pictures. I'm, I'm very anxious to go to that. Also, too, I'd like to go to the uh, consumer electronics show, but, uh, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but, um, uh, yeah. I've gotten the invite uh, on that one a few times. I, you know, obviously worked in the industry for a number of years. Um, and, and so I, you know, I kind of got the nod and, uh, and I couldn't, you know, I, timing wasn't right. I didn't have the vacation time or, or, you know, I couldn't, um, couldn't afford the, the flight out there or whatever. So I, you know, I've missed out on that, but yeah, the, uh, consumer electronics CES is, is one heck of a show too. There's just a, all kinds of cool stuff there. That's another show I wish I could go to. Yeah. Those, those are the two. And they're, I, I believe, I believe they're always in Las Vegas. So yeah, I, know, I know CES is for sure. Um, and I guess, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if SEMA wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because SEMA is supposed to be just absolutely huge. Yep. 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 Well, maybe, uh, who knows, Josh, uh, that, I think that's why it's pretty good to, to have a year to plan these tar- sort of things. Maybe we can, uh, promote, uh, that, and maybe we can actually get an XJ talk group together to all meet at, uh, SEMA. Although I understand SEMA is a, uh, an invitation only thing. Uh, so I don't know, uh, how that would work as far as us getting people in. Well, you know, Tony, you and I being part of this podcast, I think we might have press passes. Well, um, if I go and get something cleaned at the dry cleaners, I can get some official press uh, stickers. So that might work out. There we go. <laughs> Was that, would that be press or pressed? I could, oh, I could probably yeah. cut off. I could probably cut off the ED and make it a press. Yeah, that's uh, that's from an old movie. I remember seeing that. I think that was. Uh, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Barney Fife from, uh, uh, the Andy Griffith show. He was actually in a movie and he pulled out the little, little tag and it was, uh, the, his shirt tag that it had been pressed and he pulled it out cause he was like a reporter. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know, I'm making fun of that, but that's what we're doing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got something to record on about a nice mic and here I am talking and people are listening to me. So, uh, not much difference. The only thing is, I I I, I haven't. Uh, I wear a t-shirt, not a uh, fancy, nice pressed t-shirt or a pressed shirt. Anyway. So anyway, that's it. Josh is joining the team. All jokes aside, thank you very much, Josh, and uh, I appreciate all the stuff that you've done already. Uh, looking very much to have you in and uh, having another voice uh, on the XJ Talk Show, and uh, that includes all you guys because this show has never been. Uh, about me it has been about the the jeep uh the xjtalk.com uh, website and our involvement together in it all having fun learning helping saving money uh through uh, tips and uh, uh perhaps not throwing parts at problems because we can bounce off uh things that problems that we're having with our jeeps so i encourage you and i'm sure josh does as well to get involved this doesn't have to do with me. doesn't have to do with me and Josh, uh, even uh, Steve. Uh, it, it's our guests. It's our 
uh, xjtalk.com members. It's our listeners. So we encourage you to get involved. This segment sponsored by fourwheelingplus.com. Do you own a Jeep? Do you need help getting it up? Check out fourwheelingplus.com for great deals on Jeep lift kits. That's the number four, wheeling plus, P-L-U-S dot com. Tonight we have Ben Richardson with Rough Country. Uh, you know him, you love him, you probably got it on your Jeep. And uh, Ben was good enough to uh, make time to uh, record this interview with us. Uh, ben, thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. Now, Ben, I was uh, talking to you before we hit the old record button, and uh, I was uh, trying to try, trying to figure out what exactly you do there, like if you had a title or something. And I, I think that was kind of an up, up in the air type thing. It sounds like you have to do a lot of things. Well, we, we try to be uh, very versatile here. Uh, I work in the marketing department. Uh, as far as marketing, I work on uh, YouTube videos, installations, tutorials, new product release uh, videos that we send to our distributors and to customers alike, Facebook updates, um, as well as web content. Uh, I also have a background in sales. I worked in the sales department primarily for about five years and started making some videos when our guys from work would go out and wheel and when we were goofing off and YouTube was really catching on and that's where I picked up that part of the job. But <laughs> sales and marketing has, uh, has always been my target. What do you enjoy the, uh, the YouTube uh, video portion of it? It sounds like you probably do. I do. I do enjoy it. Um, that, you know, I, unlike most production companies, I'm kind of a, one horse show. Uh, I, I do the filming, the editing, and sometimes I'm the face in front of the camera on small installs, things that people will normally do in their driveway, like sway bar disconnects or steering stabilizers. So it's uh, I enjoy all aspects of it, especially the storyboarding where, where I get the layout, how I'm going to shoot things and go about it so that it's entertaining from an off-road perspective. Yeah, there's a lot that you, you can miss because you're there and you're seeing it, but you have to try to think of a logical progression so that the audience will be able to understand it. And it usually, at least for me, uh, and I'm not going to say I'm a success at it, but it usually has taken a couple of, a couple of goes. And then I realize, Oh wow, I missed that. That doesn't make any sense. How am I going to edit that in? And, and then I would remember for the next time. So, uh, it's, uh, it's really thinking outside the box. It's uh, it's an interesting box to be in, but it's really thinking outside the box. It's storytelling is what it is. It is, and you know, it's it's amazing to watch the some of the first films I put together and how how far they've progressed as far as technical data and hints and tips that that I can throw in when I voice over an installation that sometimes people just don't know. You know, one one major thing is when you're installing a lift kit and you disconnect your track bar. A lot of people have trouble reconnecting them because they're trying to do it in the air. So just going through that small tip: of, hey, set your vehicle down. Have someone in the cab turn the steering wheel, and when your wheels are turning, it's going to offset your axle, and you can line up that track bar very easily, you know, yeah. and get that back in. And if someone doesn't tell them or show them that, you know, they're going to be fighting with ratchet straps or come-alongs under there trying to get their axle centered back up. Man, I was doing that just the other day with uh, some adjustable upper control arms, and, uh, you know, I tried doing them one at a time, but it was still a bitch. I just it, couldn't get it, those lulls lined it, up. It is tough. <laughs> 
but uh yeah anyway the um this is this is a Jeep Cherokee show, but I'm going to ask this anyway. Did you do the video for the, uh, I'm probably going to say it wrong, The is it the NX 2.0 4-inch lift kit for the, the Wrangler? I did. Uh, you, you sold me that, that lift kit then, because <laughs> that whole thing with the, the water on the hood. See, right. the, the TJ is my wife's vehicle. It's a 2003. We just got it about mm, six months ago, I guess. And uh, it was fun to drive, but I felt like I was driving in the bottom of a bucket. Cause it was, it wasn't lifted and, uh, I wanted to lift it, but I had to be really careful. She says, I don't want it bouncing around like yours. I don't want all the noise like yours. <laughs> <laughs> so that video basically said that, uh, the, the suspension is actually as smooth or perhaps better. Uh, I don't want to put words in, in, cause it's been a while since I saw the video, but perhaps better than the stock OEM. And I thought to myself, okay, I can risk this because it's going to be two installs. The the one of putting the four-inch lift on, and then the one taking it off, if she doesn't like it. <laughs> but well, thankfully, she was happy with it. Thankfully, she was very happy with it, and she actually said those words, I think it's smoother than what, what was on there before. That's so, great. Yeah, it was great. Now, she's only five foot two, so, oh, uh, so she has fun getting in and out of the Jeep, but, but she's I loving bet. it. Yeah, she's still loving it though. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, and I didn't realize. Um, you know, I'm I'm really an XJ guy, and never had a Wrangler before, and I didn't really realize how how high up a, a Wrangler was going to be with a four inch lift. And I'm starting to understand why people put two and three inch lifts on there and not four. But I went with a four, and it it's up there. I like it, but it's up there. I think it's a little a little higher than mine with the four and a half inch lift. Now well, it's it's different getting in because the the body oh, pans yeah. are shaped different. It's like getting in a can. Yeah, the 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 side of the uh, of the body is up up a good gosh six inches. So in a Cherokee, you can just kind of fall out of it. In uh, <laughs> actually, in a TJ, you can fall out of it if you're not careful. <laughs> I've wind up on your head. Yeah, I've learned to take both feet out and pivot them out, and then get out, not just one at a time like I do with the XJ. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a different beast, but, uh, it's nice that the, uh, the drivetrain and everything is the same. And it was, uh, it was a three day procedure putting that, uh, that lift kit on. And those were three full days. It, it probably would have only gone two, but I broke off the, uh, the, uh, upper, uh, shock bolts and oh, I, the and I don't know. Pins. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I've learned, I've learned about that now. <laughs> I don't know why, but only three of the four broke. You know, it's just so strange. So I think I just uh, hammered out the other one anyway. I, I actually stopped and got an air chisel to to get those little uh, uh, welded nuts off of there and just uh, bypass all that crap for next time. So anyway. Actually, the last Cherokee that uh, a friend of mine, we lifted, we just broke them off and welded bar pin eliminators onto the unibody. Oh, I don't, uh, that sounds great. If I had a welding machine, <laughs> I would have done that. But uh, anyway, live, we learn. Uh, that was the other thing I was going to ask you about. Uh, one of the things that I don't, uh, now I've never, uh, I've had a, uh, I had a four wheel drive, uh, truck, an 83 Chevy way, way, way back when, when I was like 20 years old and I haven't done anything, uh, off road related until we got this Jeep and I, we bought this 98 Jeep Cherokee new and, uh, it was a good nine years old before I even put the lift on it. So I'm still relatively new to this stuff. I've learned a lot through the forum and uh, other forums that I were I was on before starting xjtalk.com. But the thing that I that I didn't understand looking at the rough country lifts, you guys have a four and a half inch lift, which is the one I have, and you have a six and a half inch lift. Now the thing that con- confuses me is the leaf springs are the same for both kits. 
why don't you have a, uh, a like a six and a half inch leaf spring? You know, that's a fair question. It's just something we've never invested in. Uh, we've just never looked for it or we've never designed it. The four and a half inch kit started first for us. For years, we had a four and a half and no six and a half. And we developed a small shackle that was adjustable from one to two inches, and we sold it with spacers. Uh, some people just want that small amount of lift, that inch and a half, basically. Right. And instead of making a kit that was going to be more expensive for the added leaf uh, or, you know, to make a whole new leaf, leaf spring, uh, we just decided to add that shackle to it. And, and that does a couple things. You know, it gives you a little better... Uh, pivoting point on your axle for more split more flex because a leaf spring uh, as you know and everyone else that owns a leaf sprung vehicle they don't flex as well as say a coal spring or a coal over uh and by doing that that that's just how we went after it it's stuff that we had and it fit together well and it worked together well so, so that's basically we keeping keeping the cost down it also means you have to have uh, less inventory of uh, springs and uh, it also it, it, it allows it to flex. Um, would you say as well as what a six six and a half inch uh, leaf spring would, or better than? Probably better because it's going to put a little more leverage on that eyelet. So it's going to you know when you've got when your lever is a, what it's maybe a half inch longer, you get a little more pressure on that leaf. So you've got more weight being able to push that leaf down. They're stiff. Those rear springs are stiff when you arch them like that. Yeah. So I, I would say the shackle probably does better. That's why, you know, a lot of people buy revolver shackles right. uh, to give more articulation. Okay. Well, good. Uh, I don't feel like I lost out then. I mean, I wasn't going to go with a different spring. And actually, uh, it was kind of funny. I couldn't really afford the, the full four and a half inch uh, lift for my uh, Cherokee uh, with the, uh, the leaf springs. So I got the Adelief kit. And I knew... Uh, that I wasn't going to run those Adelifes very long. It was just going to be long enough for me to uh, save up and, and, and get replacement uh, leaves, which I did. So uh, I wound up with uh, kind of like a pseudo six and a half inch, four and a half inch lift because I got the shackles with the Adelief kit. <laughs> right, right. So that's what I've got on there now. So technically I'm running a four and a half, five and a half. Uh, I didn't even keep the uh, the old shackles when when we put the four and a half on there. So um, it's worked out okay. It's just uh, kind of an interesting thing. Um, not, it wasn't very, when I was looking at the stuff, I wasn't thinking ahead. And, and then I thought, oh, well, I've got, uh, all I have to do to go to six and a half now is I can do spacers, which I really don't want to do on the front or new coils. So I'll probably do the new coils. But that was, uh, that was with 32s when I, I first started. I knew I was going to be going to 33s later, uh, but I had to get the cutout flares and yada, yada, yada. So it's been a long time. It's a very common thing. Yeah, it's a long build, but I've uh, I finally got to the point now where uh, I think I got enough body armor on it. That I might go up a little bit because uh, even with bump stops, I'm uh, I think I'm a little too close with those thirty threes on the the four and a half inch lift. But uh, it's uh, uh, everything's been been really nice. The only one thing I've had an issue uh, with now this is a, a daily driver, so I don't take it off road that often. But uh, on one of the occasions that I did, I had the uh, Rough Country Heavy Duty uh, Adjustable Track Bar. And okay. uh, I was trying to go up uh, a uh, river embankment, and I tried like two or three times. I'm open uh, front and back, so uh, I didn't make it. I winched myself up. But I noticed that once I was uh, driving along again that the steering wheel was uh, 
was turned probably close to 180 degrees. And, and it wasn't uh, going anywhere. <laughs> well, no, no, it was fine. I, I mean, it, it steered, it drove fine, but the... Oh, really? Yeah, but the steering wheel was like 180 out. And um, so I got I got out and I went, well, this isn't this isn't right. Uh, I made sure I was going straight and, it, you know, the, the steering wheel was way off. And I got out and I looked and I looked and I couldn't find anything. The the, the heavy-duty uh, RC track, uh, not track bar, uh, tie rod looked fine. Uh, the Moog ends look fine. Everything looked fine. The wheels look straight, everything. So I didn't, I didn't know. Couldn't figure it out. Left it alone, drove it home with it, you know, like that. I, I adjusted the drag link when, once I got home and, uh, drove it for the next three months. And I was doing something under there, changing something or fixing something. Uh, you know, that's the way Jeeps are. And uh, I noticed that the track bar had a little bit more bow in it than it was. <laughs> what i remembered it having in <laughs> it the, in the past <laughs> so i uh i took a picture of it and uh, i, I kind of compared it to you know what i saw on this on the rc website and uh you know mind you i probably had this track bar probably used it for six months and bent it some three months earlier and uh, i was like Good God, you you know what? Yeah, you know, I kind of think anything that has a bend in it's going to be more likely to bend more anyway. But I'm like, uh, this is a heavy duty track bar. Why did why did it bend from me just trying to get up an embankment? I didn't think I was hitting it that hard. So anyway, I um, and this is where this is really where Rough Country really shines to me. It's with customer service. Um, I contacted customer service. I can't remember if it was it was probably through email or online chat or something. And uh, told the guy that I was talking to what had happened and uh, made it very clear I was off-road when, it, when this happened. So it wasn't me driving down the road and, and it bent. Right. And uh, he said, well, uh, I just need to have uh, a receipt and uh, if you can provide me a picture. And uh, I did. And I think that was a Monday morning because uh, I usually work on the Jeep on the weekends. That was a Monday morning and I had a replacement um, track bar, adjustable track bar. Uh, for the next weekend. So I was able to put the replacement on there and it was an upgraded one. It had the, uh, I don't know if it's a Heim joint. It's the, cause the one I had, what was a kind of a, a polar polymer, uh, bushing, uh, where it, uh, bushing, yeah. yeah, where it attaches to the, uh, to the axle. And the, the replacement was one where it was a, a lot more flexible. So I don't know if that's going to help the next time I try to go up that, that embankment. But, uh, anyway, I got a replacement and like I said, it was really just you know, prove to us that you, that you bought it from somebody and let me see a picture. And it was, that was the end of it. I just, I got it in, never heard another thing. And that was, that's the way things should be done. And I really appreciate that. And, and I made sure I told everybody on uh, XJ talk about how, how good the customer service is, but that's a, re- a repeating thing. Every time somebody talks about rough country, the customer service is great. What's well, one thing we strive for. I mean, we, we understand we're selling you uh, an off-road component. And, and you're building your Jeep up to take it off road, to wheel it, to have fun, you know, to hang out with the guys and tease each other about trying this and trying that, you know, I mean, that's the way it goes and things are going to happen. Right. We're well aware of that. And, and you're right. All we ask is that we can see that, yes, you bought this brand new. You didn't buy it from some guy on Craigslist that had been Baja on his Jeep. <laughs> and yes, it is ours by picture. That's really the only reason we want the picture is to make sure it is our product. Right. Uh, and then we're going to replace it. I mean, that's just, I mean, we wheel stuff. We know it breaks. I mean, if, if you could buy the most expensive thing in the world and it never break, then you wouldn't see a single rig break down at the king of the hammers. Yep. You know, I mean, things are 
it's going to happen, especially like when you're hitting an embankment like you were, and I'm assuming at some point you got a little heavy in the throttle and all that, the, all that impact goes to your track bar. Cause it's trying to hold your axle straight under your vehicle. And yes, where it's bent is going to be the weak spot. And it probably just crumpled it up a little bit. I mean, it's going to happen the harder you will. And we're more than willing to help guys out because we want them coming back. You yep. know, we want to keep get, getting, making new products. I mean, Cherokee hasn't been made since one. Uh, but yet we're still releasing new products for it. It seems like every other month. So we're just here to help guys that are in our industry. You're the people that we're selling to. So we want to help you as much as we can. Yep. Well, that really comes through. And uh, I know uh, I personally really appreciated uh, how it was handled because uh, uh, I'm sure you've dealt with companies, maybe not four wheel drive uh, suppliers, but you've dealt with companies where you use their product and, you know, it's meant to be used a certain way and it breaks, and they say, you know, sorry, that's not warranted. So it's not unheard of for companies to act that way, but Rough Country doesn't. So, it, and, and I agree, that's the way it should be, and, uh, but that's not the, the way it always is. So it's, it's great, and I wanted to make sure that we, uh, we included that here. For anybody that, that's not doing the Rough Country or is concerned about the Rough Country, uh, how flexible, how, how well it works, uh, yeah, you you can you can bend or break anything, but they'll uh, they'll take care of you. And the the interesting thing was, I drove it for three months not knowing that it was bent. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't bent that much. It was uh, just enough uh, to uh, confuse me. So uh, I did have one other thing. Uh, you guys recently, and I say recently, maybe a year and a half, maybe even two years ago, came out with a a, a long arm kit. Um, you have a full kit. Uh, I think it's, I think it's only, maybe you have a four and a half, but uh, I'm mindful of the, only of the six and a half. And then you have one, uh, the six and a half, uh, I'm sorry, the, the long arm kit that you can actually add to an existing kit, which I thought was wonderful. Uh, great marketing because that, that sucks people in like me that would, would like to go with long arms, but don't want to spend, you know, 1500 to $2,000 to do it. And then, and right. going the rough country route certainly makes it easy. The only thing that I, I've heard uh, negative about this kit is the um, the cross member. It's a one piece cross member, and that to me that means that if you are going to do anything to the transmission, you're going to have to um, basically uh, drop that entire that entire well everything that holds your front axle to the to the body to the unibody. Are there any negatives that you know of that uh, disconnecting that and and Letting, I mean, I know it'll hang loose. There's other things there that will hold the axle up. But as far as alignments and everything, so if every time you needed to do something to the transmission, is your now is your, your alignment going to be messed up? No, it shouldn't be. Uh, w- the only time that, that really, on a four-link, like we're talking about, right? you, you can only adjust caster, really. You, there's right. not a lot of camber to be uh, dialed in. So once you've got your control arm set, as long as you don't change that length and you're not unhooking, you know, track bars and, and drag links, then no, it's it's not really going to affect your alignment. Uh, no more than taking it out for a, a weekend trip a wheeling would. <laughs> right. You know, uh, so no, I, I wouldn't say there would be any negative effect to your alignment there. So uh, has there been any discussion about making that cross member a, a two-piece or, or I guess re- really a three-piece unit where the uh, the long arms could stay connected? Uh, it, it has been knocked around because we, we've seen a couple threads where, where guys are actually cutting them up. 
Yeah, we got somebody and, on our site doing the same thing. And so it has been talked about, but the reason we went this route is for ease of installation. Uh, just to make it a little easier with a solid one piece, it's quite a bit stronger for one. Right. And on a unibody, you know, the unibody is not the best thing on that Cherokee. <laughs> uh, it's probably its worst flaw. Yeah. So the more strength we can add to it, we feel like the better it's it's going to help the Cherokee. And keeping that one piece is just basically fortifying that unibody across there. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and uh, and some of these some of these things I'm I'm pretty sure I know the answers to, but I want to go ahead and ask just in case there's uh, people out there that are, are curious about it because well that was the reason why I was asking about the uh, the cross member is because somebody was actually building it where they could uh, remove the center section. Uh, I never I never have to drop the transmission, so I probably would once I had it on there wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, but you never know. And uh, I just want to make sure there wasn't any downsides and also to perhaps there was a uh, an upcoming modification. Because I do know you guys change designs on things from time to time. Um, like the, um, well, uh, like the the original track bar you had, uh, it was, it, it, it went to the, the factory mount. And then you guys came out with the, uh, the heavy duty one. And uh, I certainly like that one better. That's a, a very nice, strong mount going to the frame. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to bend that one. We have a protocol in in setup where after so many units are sold, we always, regardless of what it is, Chevy, Dodge, Ford, Jeep, which with, <clears throat> excuse me, Jeep, it tends to come around a little quicker than other makes. But after so many units sold, we bring in that product and we look at it and we look at technology. We look at steel, things that have changed. How can we make this a little better and keep cost where it's, nearly the same and that's one thing we did with our long arm kit that you kind of touched on we tried to price our long arm upgrade for you where you're not spending a whole lot more money than if you could have initially bought the six and a half inch long arm kit on that initial purchase purchase so that's something we do constantly Uh, it's funny because some days i'll walk over to uh, r&d and there's a 20 12 Chevy HD on the rack and then beside it is a CJ7. You know, it's it's just it's random what could be over there in our shop. It depends on what product they're looking at, touching up or making small changes to. I bet you that's an interesting uh an interesting thing to do. You're probably used to it by now. Um after uh, being there for as many years as you've been there, which I believe you told me you've been at Rough Country for 11 years. Going on eleven. Yep, that's a that's a long time. That's nice to be able to stay with one company for that long too. Yes, it is, and I've been here since uh, just out of high school, basically. Oh wow! So they own you. <laughs> they do. I started part time uh, in the shipping department when I was a kid. Gotcha. Well, you're you're not that old. Uh, you're still not very old, so you're still kind of a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great. Now, um, let's see. There was something else I was going to ask you about. Um, oh, uh, of course. Any uh, upcoming uh, new things for the uh, the Jeep Cherokee? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, there, there are several product development things going on uh, constantly. Uh, right now, we're working on 2013 model vehicles, which for the Cherokee, you know, isn't, uh, <laughs> that would isn't be really nice. a factor. <laughs> that would be nice if that was happening, but no. I don't know if we would recognize the Cherokee if they were still making it, though. I think that uh, there would be still uh, some people like myself that would be disgruntled. That's not a Cherokee. Uh, Cherokees look like this. 
but uh, the other thing, uh, you were kind of t- uh, mentioning other uh, other vehicles that you, you guys make lifts and suspension leveling kits for. Uh, what would you say that the... Well, I guess I guess what I'd like to know is uh, as far as where does Jeep fall into that? Would you say that's uh, a lot of your business? Or are you seeing uh, a kind of a spread over all the various uh, uh, models, makes and models that you guys support? It's it's Jeep is such a a large grouping. I mean, uh, you've got MJs, XJs, TJs, YJs, JKs. Uh, Comanche pickups. Uh, I mean, Jeep is so many different vehicles. It it has to cover a large portion of our business because there's so many variations. Uh, but Jeep is definitely uh, the bread, and you know our full size pickups are the butter. Uh, it's it's vast. It's it would it would surprise you to see, but Jeep is definitely in the top two or three. Gotcha. Easily, easy to say. Well, got okay, great. Well, it was actually a two-parter. The second part was where does Cherokee, the the the, the XJ, fall into that uh, that mass market? XJ is right there with the um, with the TJ Wrangler. Um, for a lot of years, TJ was would outsell uh, the Cherokee, but in the past three to five years, the Cherokee market has caught up, if not passed it. Uh, and then I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's so many out there and they're more affordable. Yes. Uh, I like to think it, that it's me personally. I like the Cherokee for the wheelbase. Yeah. Um, with a little longer wheelbase. Uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't clear a tire as easily as a Wrangler, but I would rather have the wheelbase and a solid roof personally. <laughs> uh, that's just me. I don't really care for taking the top off. And it's more fun to wheel. Uh, and with the 4.0, and as long as you get the 231 transfer case, you know, they're they're pretty much bulletproof. Uh, I mean, we've done some really stupid things in Cherokees, and <laughs> everyone's lived to tell about it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, haven't been out that often, but there's always some, something stupid that somebody does. Um, so uh, that's the other thing. What uh, Do you have a four-wheel drive, and, and what is it? Um, currently, right now, it, it's a... It's a JK four wheel drive, a Wrangler four door. What what year? It is a 07. Now the uh, I have heard, and I don't I don't want to insult you. I have heard that uh, the 2006 Wrangler was the last real Wrangler. That the JKs, the metal is really thin and they are woefully underpowered. Oh, uh, the metal is thinner, uh, but not enough to say that's the problem the problem is the power <laughs> yeah. um, they you know they put that small v6 out of the uh chrysler minivan in there and they chevrolet did the exact same thing in a few years earlier with the h3 the hummer h3 they put a five cylinder in it and by putting a smaller engine they tried to get the power back through the transfer case uh. which we have a rubicon and it's that small V6, but there's a four to one gear ratio in the transfer case. So when two wheel drive, yeah, it sucks hind hit, no <laughs> doubt. But when you get into the case, it's it's a beast. Gotcha. But there's so many things. There's traction control. There's I mean, it's just it'll break on you if you try to if you're trying to get some wheel spin to get up a hill. It if you're not in four low, it won't let you do it. 
so there, there's definitely a learning curve with the JK versus a TJ uh, that you've been driving for gears that is manual transmission and you can just stay in the gas as long as you need and uh, you're just waiting for the rev limiter to kick in. It's not going to happen in a <laughs> right. JK. Gotcha. Well, and and I'm not a. Uh, we do have a, a Wrangler site, WranglerTalk.com. It's not nearly as as popular or as active as XJ Talk is, but um, so I'm learning a little bit about the JKs, and uh, it seems that. Uh, I, and I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but it seems that they've done a uh, a power uh, transplant. At least I don't know if it was the the 2012, but I think maybe the 2013. So they're uh, I think Chrysler is listening and uh, figuring out that they need to do something about the uh, the engine and those things. Yeah, 2012, they made a change. They went to the Pinstar V6, and it did. It added about 120 horsepower. Oh, wow. But they're having some issues of um, cylinder walls having holes burned in them right now. <laughs> well, so <laughs> it's bl- give and take. Bless their little hearts. You know, they could bring the 4.0 back. <laughs> the 4.0 was what they should have kept. They should have never taken that dude out of there because you can't kill it. No, you can't. And uh, I know some people that have tried uh, uh, repeatedly. Repeatedly, they've tried. Between um, the Suzuki Samurai and the 4.0 from Chrysler, I don't know which is tougher, but both of those are good motors. Yeah, it's just a shame that the uh, the gas mileage doesn't matter what you do. You're going to get 20 miles to the gallon. Well, no, I, t- I take that back. You're going to get it. The most you're going to get is 20. Even though we have a couple of people on the site uh, claiming uh, 21, 22 miles per gallon, I think they're drafting or they're. Uh, Neutral drops. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're tying off to an eighteen wheeler and being drugged down the road. <laughs> but yeah, the four is a really nice engine, and uh, that's a, a, a the main reason we got a TJ is I wanted to make sure not only uh, th- did we have the drivetrain that I was familiar with so I could work on it, but also know that it was going to last a very long time because I think this uh, the TJ when we got it had like ninety five thousand miles. And if I was doing that with anything else, uh, that would just be too many miles. Uh, I wouldn't right. feel comfortable with it. But with a 4.0, sure, no problem. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing you're going to have is that exhaust leak. You know, you're going to hear that little ticking sound, but that's every 4.0. Yep, exactly. Well, I'm hoping uh, we just got through uh, the, the other admin on XJ Talk and I just got through rebuilding uh, my 4.0. And uh, we, uh, I went ahead and, and opted to get a, a new uh, header, and it has those little accordion things on it. So I'm hoping that that little expansion contraction deal is going to make a difference. But, you know, it's it's so nice right now because everything's so nice and quiet. You just hear the rumble of the muffler and you don't hear that. Right. First thing in the morning, then as, you know, it heats up, it goes away. Well, Ben, uh, I sure appreciate it. Uh, we're at the 30-minute mark, and uh, was there anything that you wanted to, to mention about Rough Country or anything that you'd like to, to, to talk about, make sure our audience was uh, was aware of before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, I, th- I think we covered everything, all of the major points. You know, uh, I think our customer service is second to none. Uh, we're here to help in any way we can. Uh, if you guys have suggestions on products you would like to see for the Cherokee, uh, get them to us. Uh, just don't call us asking for a body lift. Uh, you wouldn't believe how many times we get that phone call. <laughs> yes. They, uh, we, we really have to hold back whenever the, the new guys get on there and say, Hey, should I, <laughs> should I start with a body lift or a suspension lift? And I know everybody's just chomping and they, they very nicely, cause this is XJ talk. That's what we try to do. We try to make sure that we, we answer the newbie questions because we were all newbies at, at some point. And, yeah. and, and it's a legitimate question if you don't know about a unibody. 
you know, if you're if you're familiar with Wranglers, they they have a, a an actual frame, but uh, right. the unibody not. So we just tell them, nope, you can only put a suspension lift on a, <laughs> on a on a next gen. Um, uh, one thing we will have coming up for all the uh, Cherokee kits is uh, we're we're taking our shock line, uh, we're revamping it. We're going to a we call it a, an N two O series, and they're nitrogen charged shocks, and they're valve specifically for each vehicle and the amount of lift that's on them. Uh, the valve rating changes, and they're all a nine or ten stage valving, and they're nitrogen charged, like a factory shock. That hopefully the goal is to give an, a factory type ride on your lift kit as well as perform off road for you. So is that what was on the the Wrangler uh, lift kit that I got? The the index? it is yeah that, it is yeah that I can tell that is really nice. I didn't re- didn't read that much about it. I just read uh, watched the YouTube and heard about the factory ride and you know that sold me uh, on it. And uh, I didn't realize that's that's very nice. I might actually have to upgrade my shocks. I'm getting a little uh, cupping on my front uh, my front tires and uh, everything on my front end is brand new uh, or or close to it. So uh, one of the things we were uh, uh, on on the site we were discussing was uh, perhaps it's the shocks. I did upgrade to the, gosh, what is it, the 9000? I think the 8000 series is what came with the kit, and I upgraded right. to the 9000. So I was thinking about going to the 2.0s uh, to see if I could get rid of that cupping. Yeah, it, it would. I don't know that a shock is going to, if your tires are cupping, I don't know if the, you know, the shock will uh really help with i mean because it just dampens if uh, usually cupping and uh, we're talking about the treads uneven on it yes i um, mean you actually uh it got it was really bad on the 32s it was like every other lug was was lower than the the preceding one so and it wasn't in the middle as much as it was on the outsides on both <laughs> the inside and the outside it was really strange and you could just hear you, it hopping down the just, road we, we just had some tires do that uh on our f-150 and it um, it's a 2009 model truck and it's a Mickey Thompson tire on it. And, uh, man, we were rotating them every 1500 miles and it turned out to just be a tire problem. Uh, Mickey actually warranted it for us. Well, that was one of the things that, um, my buddy was telling me about, cause these are actually uh, BFG 33 by 12s, uh, MTs. And, uh, he said I'll have to take them back to discount and, uh, have them do something about it. And I just figured it was the Jeep. Uh, the 32s that I had on there did the same thing, and that's what I had to do is rotate them to get them to, to level out. So, you know, it's always it's always one mystery after another on anything that you modify, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a hobby, but it's, it's a perpetual a, learning curve. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the great thing about having the site. I can just I can ask people, hey, have you ever seen this? So unfortunately, it seems like I always come up with uh, with problems that nobody else has had before or they or they had them worse. They've had them, but they never got a solution. So, right. well, you mentioned about, uh, sharing, uh, thoughts and ideas about, uh, Jeep, uh, products, uh, that you guys could come out with. How would they, uh, how would they contact you or, or, or anybody at, uh, rough country about doing that? If you go uh, to our website, roughcountry.com, uh, you can click on contact. And when you hit the contact page, uh, my email address is actually at the bottom. Okay. Uh, feel free to hit me. Uh, you could email me or Jeff or Davey, uh, any of us actually uh and just with your suggestions of products that you'd like to see uh you could also grab a grab our attention on our facebook page um i think that that would probably be a better place to do it that way um multiple people can chime in and we can really see maybe a a true number of interest in a product 
Right. Uh, have you guys uh, heard many uh, requests for, um, gosh, what is it? I think it's the, they have it on the JK, the electronic uh, track bar, um, not track bar. Swipe bar disconnect? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I say that because a lot of guys on the JK, they, uh, they bypass them. Do they? They do. I didn't realize uh, that. They're slow. And, and they don't always work. Ah, well, well, if you guys come out with one, I want one that works. <laughs> <laughs> we try to stay away from things electrical. Yeah, I don't blame you, but that would really be nice. That, that would really be cool. Just not, not have to get out. It seems like now, now the, the disconnects that you guys came out with that actually, uh, uh pivot up and then have a little bracket there on the, the, on mine, on the Unibody where I can put those up out of the way and just put them in place. I really like those because I'm not going to lose anything. Uh, the right. only, the only downside to it is, uh, getting my little hands dirty when I'm done. And, uh, also to, uh, getting them to line back up, getting on a level surface and getting them to line back up well enough. I've learned to carry a rubber mallet with me. Absolutely. We call that a fine adjustment. tool. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's see. That was the other thing I wanted to cover. You're on Facebook. Uh, are you guys on Twitter? Yes, we do have a Twitter account. I couldn't, I can't tell you, uh, what the, what the, the username is and on that. They can type uh, in rough country and find it, but they, I'm but, sure they could, but they can find you on, uh, on, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Google plus. Yes, we do have Google plus as well. Uh, one of our, my other employees our uh, fellow employees, Tyler, he handles the Twitter and Google plus. He's a big Google plus fan. Now, are you guys going to get back on MySpace? You know, it's coming back. Um, <laughs> yeah, serious. I, I guess when that moment comes, we'll, we'll get on there. I'm serious. It's coming back. I was really surprised, but, uh, it's supposed to be making a, a, a comeback, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Well, well you know, I got on there maybe a month ago and I was like, wow, it looks just like Facebook. Oh, uh, really? I haven't been on in a long time. That, that, that might be why they're coming back. That main page. It, it, it's so similar to Facebook. It was a little eerie. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not suing them. Well, Ben, uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. We, uh, we went through a lot to try to get together to do this, uh, this interview. I'm glad we were able to do it and, uh, well, just thanks. And, uh, thank you for your fine products. I got so many of them on my Jeep. No problem, man. Glad to help any way we can. Well, I want to thank Ben again for being a guest on uh, XJ talk show. And, uh, I think it was some uh, real interesting information there about rough country and, uh, you know, all the goodies they provide, not to mention the customer service. So, if you're uh, trying to think of what kind of uh, lift kit you should get for your Jeep Cherokee or Wrangler or any of the other ones they make, uh, give, them a, uh, give them a look because uh, I've been very happy personally with the, uh, the products and the service. And I hope you enjoy uh, the announcement that uh, Josh and I made about him becoming a co-host starting in November. And uh, perhaps uh, with tonight's testing of Ustream and some other ideas we have about doing live shows, um, we uh, may be getting uh, Josh and I on live and uh, perhaps even uh, taking some uh, questions and uh, discussing some things uh, live that will be uh, that will show up in the podcast. So uh, we look forward to that. We'll see. It's a bit of an experiment. We're going to see how it works out. Uh, when XJ Talk first started, that's how we uh, how we started. It was on Ustream in a live show with a, a combination uh, podcast. And uh, because of scheduling and things that were going on, uh, it, it takes a lot to, to show up the same time every week. So that's why we're going to call it an experiment just to see how that works out. 
it may not be a doable thing, especially with uh, two people having to meet up at the same place every week. At least at the same time, we're going to be doing it via Skype. So uh, anyway, uh, until next week, and uh, perhaps uh, another Ustream test next week. So just uh, check out xjtalk.com for more information, and uh, also the new uh, the new website. Um, well, the new address for the website. The website's not new, but the new address, xjtalkshow.com. So guys, uh, take it easy and we'll see you next week. Talk Show has something special in store for you. Join us Wednesday for a special spooky treat. <laughs> Interesting. So my point in telling you is that is that when I say we're all children of God, is that when I was standing there next to God and I was seeing all this, Tony, the pain he felt. Can you imagine seeing all of this from God's eyes? As most poltergeists, that's not a spirit. There's nothing out there. That's all. Usually it's a teenage girl. Middle of the night, one night she ripped it off and she was broken hearted. She woke up and there it was in pieces all over the floor. And the next morning she got up and she gathered all the pieces and she laid it on her dresser. And she was home alone, right? But she went downstairs and her mother had just returned from a trip. So she said, I, I'm going to go get my necklace. I want to go buy a new one from the store. I'll get the charm that was hanging from it. She went upstairs and the necklace was completely put together, perfect, like it was brand new. While I was out and I kept going into the light, at one point God said, turn around and tell me what you see. So I turned around and I looked down and I saw a plane hitting into a tower. And I thought, eh, why? People were screaming and yelling and not in America, not in America. It made absolutely no sense to me. Why were people all over the world screaming and yelling and crying and sobbing, not in America, not in America? When we call to see the 